Every other week on Mornings with Seth and Deb, we welcome Todd Nettleton from Voice of the Martyrs to share with us what is happening in the persecuted church, how we can be praying, how we can be advocating, how we can be uh, giving our resources to mm-hmm. be of help. And good morning, Todd. Good morning. It's uh, it's awesome to have you back with us. It doesn't seem like it's been two weeks since the last time we <laughs> talked. Uh, always look forward to talking to you. So what uh, what's on the top of your mind this morning? What uh, What are some things we need to know about? Well, let's talk first about India. So if you get the Voice of the Martyrs magazine, and if you don't, you should be getting the Voice of the Martyrs magazine. The one that will show up in your mailbox, maybe it did yesterday, maybe it will today or tomorrow, has a special report about a change in how we talk about persecution in India. So we have always talked about India as a hostile area, which means there is persecution, but it is typically not the government. The the Mm. Indian constitution promises religious freedom. Uh, in the past, the Indian government and the Indian court system has upheld that promise if it got to the, that point. But we are changing that. And in fact, as of tomorrow, India will become on our map a restricted nation, meaning it is the government that is the persecutor. They are driving forward the persecution. And it's not a matter that the law has changed, uh, but it's really a matter of how the government is carrying out their policy. And, and the government right now is controlled by Prime Minister Modi, who is a avowed Hindu nationalist. He's been in power for 10 years. They have elections coming up in April and May. He wants five more years. Uh, and he and his government have really taken steps to say, listen, India is a Hindu nation. Everybody who's a Hindu belongs here, and everybody who's not a Hindu doesn't really belong here because this is a Hindu country. And last week, in kind of an example of this, Prime Minister Modi went to a city called Ayodhya, and they uh, dedicated a new Hindu temple, a huge Hindu temple. In fact, one of the people, the the government leaders talked about it as this is our version of Vatican City. So if you've ever seen St. Peter's Mm. or you've seen pictures of Vatican City, that's what they're shooting for with this new Hindu temple. Here's the interesting thing. This was built on the site where there used to be a mosque. There used to be a Muslim mosque. About 30 years ago, there were riots in the area, and that mosque was burned to the ground. And so the government, instead of saying, oh, wow, Uh, The Muslims were wronged in this situation. Their mosque was burned to the ground. Instead of doing that, they said, oh, well, there's not a mosque there anymore. We're going to build a Hindu temple on it and a huge, uh, very ornate, very noticeable Hindu temple. That is one example of the government saying, listen, Islam, your days are past. This is a Hindu country. And the fact that Prime Minister Modi went for the dedication very publicly saying, look, I'm the guy who made this happen. I'm the guy who defends Hinduism. There's no way you can unlink that from the fact that they have national elections coming up in about two months. Mm. I saw an interview with him uh, just a few days ago, and he was talking about how there was about 200 million Muslims in India. And he was very outspoken, very bold in his statement, saying that, first of all, it's dangerous to have too many outsiders in your country. He even gave a percentage. He said, no, that's dangerous and we won't allow it. And uh, the thing that struck me is he he didn't say Christians or any other religion, but he was very clear that if you're not Hindu, if you're anything other than an outsider, you're a danger. And to me, that kind of made my blood run cold because I thought, okay, he, he's specifically mentioning Muslims now, but we're next. 
Christians obviously are on that list of, of we don't belong. You are exactly right. In fact, I talked recently with a man who has lived in India for decades, and that's exactly what he said. He said the Christians in India are watching how what Muslims are being treated now, and they know we're next. They know after after the so-called Muslim problem is taken care of, then Modi's going to turn his attention to the Christian problem. Yeah. And we're already seeing that. We see pastors being arrested. We see states with anti-conversion laws. We see Hindu mobs coming into church services in church buildings and breaking up the services. Mm-hmm. And again, without without punishment for that. In fact, what often happens is the police are called and they come and arrest the pastor of the church who just had his service broken up. Maybe he got beaten in the process, but he gets arrested and they will charge him with forced conversion or they will charge him with creating disharmony in Mm -hmm. the country. Um, And so you're exactly right. And it's interesting that Prime Minister Modi would say these are outsiders most of them were born in India, like like right. they've lived there their whole lives, but they're right. outsiders because they're not Hindus. Right. And this is actually a cautionary tale, I think, for nationalism and the way that this can really grow into a situation where we have this kind of attitude toward those who believe differently than us. The very definition of religious freedom is that people have a choice. Mm-hmm. It, it is exactly right. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you say, it it does kind of, when you hear some of the things that are being said, uh, there are leaders in the government who have talked about India literally being Hindu soil. Like, like literally the soil that we're standing on is Hindu soil and anything else doesn't belong here. You're exactly right. When we start to look at others as outsiders and as people who don't belong and as people who should leave, uh, and then when you add, you know, sort of government power to that philosophy, um, it it does become scary very quickly. Mm. Well, definitely a matter for prayer and for the, the Christians and believers there is India has a strong history of Christian belief mm-hmm. in their nation. Yeah, it, it is an important thing to pray for. And again, uh, we mentioned this before, elections, national elections coming up in April and May, uh, Prime Minister Modi running for five more years. Uh, this friend that I talked to who has lived there said there's there's almost no chance he loses. Like, like it would be a miracle if he's not the prime minister for five more years. Uh, but let's wow. pray into this situation. There's mm-hmm. a lot of potential for violence in the next couple of months leading up to the elections. Uh, let's definitely be in prayer for our brothers and sisters in India. Wow. You know, I know that our main concern is for the souls of those that we're talking about, for all of the individuals. But this issue can also and may have a significant financial economic impact worldwide, because we all know a lot of manufacturing, a lot of work is done in India for a lot of different different countries. And if if the government is cracking down on certain religious sects, you know, anything other than Hindu, that can have a, a tremendous effect on the workforce that's there as well, which can have a ripple effect economically. Yeah, there are so many different facets to this. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the economic facet because I think that's one of the reasons our U.S. government has been hesitant to address some yes. of these religious yeah. freedom issues yep. is because, wait— you know, we want to keep the business running. We want to keep those dollars going back and forth. And it's like, if we offend them by talking about, you know, building a Hindu temple on top of the ruins of a mosque, or if we right. offend them by talking about pastors being arrested and people being thrown in prison simply for going to church, 
that's going to stop those dollars from going back and forth. And so the economics do play a huge role in this conversation. Mm. Uh So, Todd, let's move on to the attack in a church in Turkey. Tell us more about that situation. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things. So this happened just on Sunday in Istanbul, which is the the major city in Turkey, a huge, uh, big, beautiful, one of my favorite cities in the world, Uh, a Catholic church, two gunmen entered the Catholic church and opened fire. Now, there are reports that they shot one man and then their guns jammed so they couldn't shoot anybody else. There is some thought that maybe the man they shot, they were specifically targeting him because interestingly, he was from a Muslim background, from a Muslim family, and yet here he is and apparently was a regular attender in this Catholic church. So for radical Muslims, that would make him an apostate. Like, well, like, what right. are you doing in a church? If you were born in a Muslim family, you you shouldn't be there. And again, for radical Muslims, the penalty for being an apostate is death. And so there's some thought, was this a targeted attack against this specific Muslim man who was in a church? Uh, Was it a they were trying to shoot as many people as possible and their guns jammed? That's not completely clear. The other interesting thing about this, the the group that took credit for this attack was the Islamic State Turkey province, which so I've never heard of before this attack. So this Mm. is apparently a new branch maybe of the Islamic State, um, which certainly would be a concern for Turkey, the country, but also Mm -hmm. for our Christian brothers and sisters there. If if there is a radical Islamist group active in Turkey and specifically looking for Muslim background believers, uh, that would be something certainly that our brothers and sisters would want to know and would want to watch out for. So we don't know exactly. They're, they're still investigating. They're still looking. They've arrested literally dozens of people who may be involved in this or were involved in the planning of this. Um, so we may know more in the weeks to come, but certainly something for us to be aware of. You know, one of the things that uh, occurs to me is that individuals that are victims of this kind of persecution, the violence, even the just emotional uh, abuse that happens— this can have long-lasting effect. How do how do people who have experienced this kind of trauma, this this kind of persecution, how do they deal with it later on in life? You know, it can follow you around for the rest of your life. And we're actually, I'm glad you brought this up because we're going to start a conversation this weekend on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with a guy we call Brother Philip who is a trained uh, trauma recovery person. He actually got his training and his initial experience in the prison system in the United Mm. States. He is now turning that experience to help persecuted Christians, specifically in West Africa. And we're going to talk about this. One of the things he said, he spoke in our chapel at Voice of the Martyrs. One of the things he said, I think I will always remember, he said, when you are traumatized, if you don't deal with that trauma, it is always like it happened yesterday. You Mm. can never get past it. You can never get into the future because it's always like it happened yesterday. And for persecuted Christians, uh, that can be an incredible burden to bear. Um, he He has met with women who have been attacked and they lose the ability to speak. They can no longer speak. Well, you know, 
how do you get past that? How do you work through that? And so one of the things he's doing, and I'm so thrilled that Voice of the Martyrs is addressing this specific need, mm. is working mm -hmm. with ministries in West Africa, and they are working with trauma victims and helping them overcome. But I think maybe even more importantly, they're training pastors to have this kind of care within their congregation. So yeah. Uh, they are spreading the fruit and equipping more and more people to be able to come to someone who's been traumatized and say, hey, I want to help you. Jesus wants to help you. We want that not to be yesterday anymore. We want it to be a month ago and then six months ago and then two years ago and not for you to always drag it around as if it just yeah. happened yesterday. So uh, this is going to be a great conversation. We're going to start it this weekend. We'll mm -hmm. finish it the following weekend. Um, but I hope people will listen and I hope they'll be encouraged and I hope they'll pray because this is a great need for our brothers and sisters who have been through intense persecution. Mm. And I would think, Todd, that this would be helpful for those that have been through trauma in their life here. I mean, wherever uh, they is. are, because... Uh, this is something that we all deal with and have to work through in our life. Not the same kind of trauma, right. obviously, but um, I, I think this would be a helpful conversation for everyone. And Absolutely. As we encounter people, too, in our churches and have welcomed people from other countries that maybe have endured this kind mm. of uh, persecution, this kind of trauma. Very true. I am hopeful that it is going to be a really valuable conversation for everybody who listens to it. That, like you say, as as we maybe we've been through a traumatic incident ourselves, maybe we're going to meet someone today who's been through one. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is just going to help us think. It's going to help us pray and really kind of open our hearts to to what it means and how mm -hmm. how deep the effects go when you've been through an experience like that. Yeah. Todd, as always, thank you so very much. Give us the information how we can follow along with you, your your uh, your uh, broadcast, uh, the publications, and the information. How can we follow along and keep informed? Persecution.com is the main Voice of the Martyrs website. That's where you can sign up for the free magazine, persecution.com. We also have vomradio.net if you want to catch the radio show this weekend, as well as we'll be broadcast right here. Um, so persecution.com, vomradio.net. Thank you so much, Todd. Always a pleasure to talk to you, my brother. You're welcome.